Welcome to We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Pastor Rodney is joined by Carrie Lake to discuss her new book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. The latest episode of We the People will start right after this quick commercial break. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Good evening, everybody. Rodney, your host of the We the People podcast. And man, we have a fabulous guest for you tonight, Carrie Lake. And uh, she has a book out called Unafraid, Just Getting Started. She is also a champion of the America First movement. And she's called the most dangerous politician in America by the media. I like that title. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Oh man. I mean, dangerous. I guess we, the people are dangerous because yes, we're ready. We we're, t- we're tired of what's going on. And, and that means if they call this little old mom in Arizona dangerous, there's probably a little old grandma somewhere that they think is dangerous, but that's right. Uh, we're really not dangerous. We just want uh, what our founding fathers envisioned, which is that mm-hmm. we control the government, uh, not the government controlling us. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about your book. And how that came about? Oh, I'm so excited that you that you mentioned it. Um, well, after they stole our victory here in Arizona, um, I had a, I had several people come to me and say you should write a book, you know. And they were publishers and things like that. And and mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, I'm in such a dark place. I was so upset with um, you know that that people would rig an election and sabotage election day and be so dishonest. It just yeah, was many of us and, were sickened that these people, how do they live with themselves? And, and I just mm-hmm. was in a very dark place because I felt that our, our sacred right to vote had been trampled on. And I thought this is not the right mind frame to do a write a book in because yeah. it might end up being a very dark, like Stephen King <laughs> horror right. book. Um, but then I realized that, you know, being a journalist of 30 years, I love to write and I have a great story to tell and maybe the story needed to be told. So I decided to do it, and and lo and behold, it turned out to be a very cathartic kind of therapeutic experience to get my thoughts and what happened, and and all of this amazing, the amazing things that have happened in my life since I was born in in Iowa, raised in Iowa, and and came out here and ended up somehow in the middle of the political movement. It was really therapeutic to put that down on paper, and I'm sure I glad I did because the response has been overwhelmingly. We love the book. It was inspiring. We're excited. Thank you for writing it. Well, that's awesome. And by the way, in my opinion, you are the rightful governor of Arizona. That I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, I do believe that with everything I've got, with every fiber of my being, I know for a fact that they uh, cheated in this election, that there was fraud from mm-hmm. top to bottom in this election that they sabotaged election day intentionally to stop us and our movement of we, the people. 
And um, but they've they've managed to, to literally steal our state government here in Arizona. And the people are sitting by in a literal state of shock saying, what do we do now? Oh, my right. gosh. What do we do now? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, man, I'm, I followed your election closely and well, all the elections, but uh, yours, especially for some reason, I was really honed in on it. And, and when it came out the way it did and with all the things that happened on election day, I'm going, oh man, here we go again. Here yep. we go again. I mean, I saw videos of, of grown men with tears in their eyes crying because they showed up and they waited four hours in line to vote only to be told uh, to take their ballot. And it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it was rejected from the tabulator 13, 14, 15 times. Mm -hmm. And they were told, put it in drawer three. In some instances, people were told to put the ballots in garbage bags to be taken down to the county to count. Wow. Uh, and people were just, it was a gut punch because we've done so mm -hmm. much to try to get fair elections. And um, this is the issue of our time, Pastor. It really is. You yeah. know, uh, if we don't have a voice, then we don't have a country. If we don't have honest elections, then we aren't America. This is Absolutely. why our founding fathers died for our country. This is why our founding fathers risked everything and many of them lost everything to um, separate from the original globalist, King George, mm -hmm. and help us choose our own leaders, our own representation. You know, they talked about represent taxation without representation, and they wanted they wanted to be able to choose the people who would represent them and have a representative government, have a have a republic. Right. And we're watching as our elections are just theater. And I think they've been theater for a long time, but it takes a candidate such as myself mm -hmm. or President Trump, President a Trump. populist candidate where you have droves of people showing up. And this is why they never like the populist candidates, by the way. It makes it a lot harder for them to cheat because yeah. so many people show up to vote. Mm -hmm. And so droves of people showed up to vote um, in that November 22 election, and they couldn't cheat fast enough and hard enough, so they had to do it right in front of our eyeballs. And the good people of this state are awake, they're fed up, and they're looking for a way to solve this problem. And that's why we have to talk about elections. It should no longer be a taboo subject. Absolutely. It, it, it's important that we as citizens of this great nation um, speak out when our government is corrupt and demand change. And I'm doing just that. I've got several lawsuits that we're filing. And I know I'm right over the, the bullseye because they're trying to sue me back, saying that I'm speaking out on, on the elections and it's defamation. And it's yeah. just we're living in crazy times. We absolutely are. When uh, when we have a, quote, president sitting in the White House now that has yet to even comment on the wildfires in Hawaii, has not said a word about it. There's been no press conference about it. And I mean, he's just silent on the thing. You got to ask about it. And he said no comment. Boy, and, and that he, sounds and presidential. He, and he smirked and smiled. Yeah, that is uh, sick, diabolic stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't even know the death toll yet. I can't imagine. I, I mean, I'm 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 horrified to think it could be a thousand. I don't know. I mean, this, yeah. these fires and, and, and many questions haven't been asked. We want answers. How did they really start? What, what was the cause of them? How did they spread so quickly? Why weren't mm -hmm. people notified? Um, why are we sending close to $200 billion to Ukraine and these people are suffering? Why is it taking so long to get any help? Absolutely to right. Survivors? Absolutely right. 
And uh, it, it's just sick to me. I mean, this whole Biden administration, I call them the crime syndicate because that's basically what they are. Um, they've gotten, mm-hmm. you know, money from all over the world. And yet uh, that's all fine and dandy. But President Trump is getting indicted left and right about ridiculous things about speech, for heaven's sakes. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And it's just it's incredibly angering. Well, our, our federal government that we that we pay for, uh, that mm-hmm. we are supposed to basically uh, have control over rather than the other way around has been weaponized by Joe Biden, yep. by the absolute corruption in Washington, D.C. to go after President Trump because he's the one politician, the one man who in a long, long time has come out and said, I'm going to be for the people. I'm going to return the government back to we the people. And they can't have that because it's such a tangled web of crime, deception, deceit in Washington, D.C., that when President Trump gets in there for his second term and starts uncovering all the corruption, a lot of people are going to be in trouble. And I think they know that. And they're trying anything they can to stop him. And, and they're not for America. They truly aren't. They're for this globalist agenda, which is really mm-hmm. about the same as communism. Globalism is. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't end well for we the people. No, it. Uh, you know, it will eliminate. You know, any middle class, and it will be then the oligarchs and the poverty stricken. And we know how that works out. Well, I sadly think the middle class has already been decimated and yeah. we're seeing as a um, as a third world is is allowed to come over the border and by the millions of people from mm-hmm. all over all, all over the, the world and move into our um, into our country. We don't have a border right now. It is the systemic overtaking uh, of America and destabilization of America. I was just seeing video today where uh, these Democrat mayors in big cities all over the country are are so hooked on the teat of the federal dollar. They, they, they're told they'll lose their federal dollars if they don't keep all of these illegal immigrants in, in these big cities that are already mm-hmm. at wit's end, having housing issues. And they're housing uh, just literally thousands upon thousands of fighting age men in our cities all across this country. We are watching a Marxist revolution play out and they've already taken over our election system, our education. They're taking over our our state and city governments. And we're looking at the end of our country if we don't get serious about this. Yeah, it's it's scary because, you, like you said, the border is wide open. I mean, we've got and I even talked to somebody. There's a lot of now we're getting a lot of young, fit Chinese men coming across the border for some reason. And, you know, there's a lot of them in San Diego from a lady I talked to that lives there. And she's like, it's just weird that this is happening. And they're working in places like Starbucks and, and this and that. And she goes, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know for a fact that numerous dozens of uh, CCP, the communist regime in China, they're CCP run and controlled Chinese uh, communist police stations were set up here in America and actually doing business. They were actually uh, acting as the police for people here from China. This is a really scary thing. Can you imagine American police stations in any other country in the world? That's outrageous. (laughs) And we just found out about a week and a half, two weeks ago, that they busted a bio lab in uh, the San Joaquin Valley of California with dangerous, dangerous pathogens stored some of them in, in really horrific conditions. Why? 
Why are why is the mainstream media not all over this story? This is yeah. outrageous. The uh, CCP is, as we know, through the Confucius Institutes that had really taken over a web in our uh, public universities, thankfully through President Trump and his efforts in trying to shut them down. But we know that the CCP has infiltrated in many ways our country. We yeah. know that they basically control the White House without a doubt. Yeah, there's is no doubt. anybody doubt that Joe Biden is controlled by the CCP and other interests that are not American interests. Absolutely. These are facts. These are absolute facts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. And uh, like I said, he's got, they've got money poured in from all over the, you know, around the globe, China, the Ukraine, um, you know, who knows where else. And it's like, and our DOJ, of course, isn't going to do anything because that's his DOJ. And he, they're, you know, they're not going to do anything. They're controlled. You know, just like the FBI is now, they're just as bad. And it's it's ridiculous. You can't get just like President Trump's getting indicted for everything. You know, the DOJ, they're going after him with everything they've got. And it's like you don't even have real crimes that you're going after him for. So I don't understand this. Well, I do understand it. It's all political. It's to keep him from getting back in the White House. Right. I mean, they're so afraid of him. And if Joe Biden had really gotten 81 million votes, they wouldn't be worried about Donald Trump at all. Nope. If Joe Biden had actually gotten 81 million votes, uh, the most in our country's history, they wouldn't mm -hmm. be worried about President Trump because he truly, if he would have gotten that many votes, would be the most popular president this country's ever seen. But we all yep. know that's a lie. We know they've been gaslighting um, us with that um, bogus number. And um, this is how you actually destroy a country. Wide open borders. Um, you, you buy off the person that's sitting in the White House, which is not really the duly elected president. And you chip away and destroy our country. I just pray we can make it to the next election. And I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that President Trump um, is able to win. And they're trying everything they can to try to stop him. That means they know the power of we the people and of President Trump. Well, yeah, it's very clear that they hate him. They hate the MAGA movement from the start. You know, they've called the MAGA movement all, you know, smelly Walmart people and other names. It's just ridiculous. Right. And, um, you know, and that's what another thing I wanted to touch on is how how did you and Tr President Trump meet? And how did that uh, friendship, as I, I think is a friendship and uh, your support of him come about? Um, well, I talk I talk about this quite a bit in the book and, and thankfully, um Yes, my friend, President Trump wrote the foreword to the book, and it's a really beautifully written foreword. You can you can just hear his voice when you read it. And um, we actually met for the first time back when I was a journalist um, working here in Arizona. I'm, I'm a 30-year, a three-decade-long broadcast journalist, 27 years spent in Arizona. 22 is the main news voice and, and face and name in Arizona. And I had the um, wonderful opportunity to interview, an exclusive interview with President Trump when he came to visit uh, one time. And so that was the first time we met. And he also gave me a second exclusive interview because I was a fair journalist who um, never felt it was my duty to try to tear somebody down and, and destroy them. I always really wanted to be an honest journalist and give people information. So that's how we met for the first time. Um, in the foreword, he talks about the first time he noticed me as a politician. And it was, oh, about a month and a half, maybe two months nearly after I announced I was running because the people of Arizona, when I walked away from my dream job, um, because I, I recognized that it was just propaganda and I didn't want to take part in that, the people of Arizona reached out to me and said, 
Um, would you please run for office? So I decided to jump in as a citizen politician, jump into the arena and run for office. I can't think mm -hmm. of a more noble thing. And I think our founding fathers envisioned that real regular people would do that. And so I was at a rally where all of the other Republican candidates were. And we uh, were talking about the elections and, and our campaigns. And a couple hours later, President Trump showed up on stage to do his speech. And he went down and listed all the people running for governor in Arizona on the Republican mm -hmm. ticket. And when he got to my name, the crowd went absolutely bonkers. They screamed <laughs> for a one long minute, beautiful minute. They gave me a standing ovation, chanted my name. And even President Trump was like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> he stepped away from the podium and said, you know, who is this person and what's going on? And he found me in the crowd. He pointed at me and he said, you're going to have a great night. And it uh, turns out when he left the stage, um, apparently he turned to, I think it was Charlie Kirk and said, who is this Carrie Lake? I need to learn more about her. And it was about a month after that, at the end of August, as a matter of fact, it was on my birthday, August 23rd, that I found myself sitting in front of him in Trump Tower, uh, talking to him with my husband sitting beside myself and uh, discussing our campaign, how it really was in a, a Arizona first movement, much like his America mm -hmm. first movement. I um, have been such a, a supporter of President Trump, even though it was privately because I was a journalist, right. when he came down that escalator and started speaking about the issues, the real true issues affecting mm -hmm. our country. And so um, we had a great hour and 15 minute conversation in Trump Tower. And about a month later, he gave me his endorsement. And I'm just a, a huge admirer of him. I'm, I'm a mom of two mm -hmm. children uh, and I'm incredibly worried about their future. And I, I support President Trump because I, uh, with everything I've got, believe that his policies help put our country back on track. And I know that when he gets back in office with his Agenda 47, incredibly strong policy to straighten things up, he's going to get in there and, and turn this country around once again. Well, and now I'm hearing rumors that you may run for the Senate. Is that true or is that on the table? Um, I'm I'm considering it and contemplating it right now. We have an opportunity to pick up a Senate seat right now. It's in the hands of somebody who votes for um, pretty much Joe Biden's agenda, almost in lockstep with Joe Biden, which is definitely not what the people of Arizona want. No. And she's um, can't no, she can't win as a Democrat anymore. So she wants to run as an independent. And we have a a socialist slash Marxist jumping in uh, as a Democrat running. And I just I can't bear to see that Senate seat in either of their hands, because that's not what the people of Arizona are about. Mm -hmm. And we need somebody in there who's going to put the people of Arizona first and represent them, truly represent them in Washington, D.C. So I am giving it um, some thought and giving it a lot of thought. And I'll, I'll be making a decision here in the coming months. Well, I think you'd make a fabulous senator. You would certainly uh, I would certainly endorse you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you. Too yeah. bad you don't have a vote in Arizona. <laughs> I know, I know, right? If I did, you'd get it, that's for sure. Thank you so much. Well, Thank you I'm so going to let you go. We're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to let you plug your book again. Please plug your book again. Oh, I want to so get kind. it in front of people as pastor, possible. Pastor, I appreciate it. And I know, um, um, I hear you're a pastor. Am I right about that? I'm a worship pastor. Okay. Yes. Well, we need our pastors out there to let their... Um, their flocks know what's at stake right now. Absolutely. We're on the verge of losing our country. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we lose it, we don't get it back. It's going to be right. a 
as, as, as thousand years of darkness as, as Ronald Reagan once said. Mm -hmm. And so everything's at stake right now. And, and God put, put us here on this, on this planet in America for a moment for he this did. time. And we're going to make sure that we don't let our country um, get lost. And so I'm hoping that everybody out there will recognize the severity of this and, and step forward, get loud, use your voices, talk about Absolutely. what's happening. Don't sit there quietly. Um, yep. If you want to get my book, it's a wonderful book. You can find it on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. You can find it in your bookstore, in your library. You can go to my website, carrylake.com, and you can actually uh, purchase it right from the publisher there as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you can see how serious I am about We the People. It's on my body. <laughs> oh, man. I don't have any tattoos, but that's a heck of a nice one. I, I agree with what that says. We the people. And that's, that's how right. this country uh, was designed to put the power in the hands of the individuals, of the people. Absolutely. And we're um, on the verge of losing that. And this mom is not willing to let it go. And neither am I. And we're, we're, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep it, to keep our country free and the America we've known and loved and, and get it back on a stronger footing. Amen. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it more than I can even tell you. And it's been a pleasure to have you on and uh, keep fighting the good fight. We got to keep doing it. Thank you so much. And uh, God bless you. All right. That's all we have for We the People tonight. And uh, go out and get Carrie Lake's book, Unafraid, and uh, support her efforts. And so God bless you all and God bless America. God bless you, Carrie. Take care. Thank you.